When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In today's show, I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis, as well as the Bitcoin builders of 2023, as Bitcoin and proof of stake have a natural synergy. We'll also be discussing Grayscale and Bitwise distance themselves from Ethereum futures ETF plans. That's right. Grayscale stopped its Ethereum futures ETF plans after a warning from the SEC, while Bitwise amended its SEC filing to halt any launch of Ether ETF products. Also in today's show, billionaire Paul Tudor Jones says he is sticking with Bitcoin and calls Bitcoin his longest bet. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin alone deserves non-security status, says Max Kaiser backing the SEC chairman's view. Gary Gensler quoting him here. Gary's right. Everything not Bitcoin is a security, including ETH and XRP. We already put this into law in El Salvador. We are Bitcoin country and we are thriving. I invite Gary to come to El Salvador to see how we became the leading Bitcoin country in the world. Also in today's show, billions of dollars to flow into Bitcoin as Tether announces up to 15% of their profits will go into BTC. Max Kaiser's response it's just math. Tether put a floor on the Bitcoin price. Sailor is also doing a good job. He also goes on to share that the new king of Bitcoin is Tether and that Sailor had a great run. Long live the new king. He also says Tether is now the only reliable buyer of billions of U.S. treasuries. U.S. politicians do a lot of stupid things, but I doubt they would try and kill the gravy train, keeping them afloat. That is Tether. And he also says Tether is more than 100% backed. They are one of the most profitable companies in the world, definitely the most profitable financial on earth. And they are true Bitcoiners. And all the FUD about them was dropped brought by scammer USDC. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. <laughs> Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome everyone tuning in. This is pod episode number 1285. I'm your host, JV, and today is May 18th, 
2023. Let's start with the market watch. We're finally back in the green with Bitcoin hovering above $27,000 for the day, up a half a percent. We also have Ether up a quarter percent, trading back above $1,800. We have XRP up 5% trading above 46 cents and BNB up 0.3% trading at $311. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap sitting just above $1.1 trillion with about $32 billion in volume in the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance at 46.4% and the Ether dominance at 19.3%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, Render Token up 15.5% trading at $2.35, followed by Mask up about 12%, trading at $4.64, followed by Synthetics up 7.6%, trading at $2.34. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week, the top two are RNDR up 15% and Hex up 14% and the majority in the green and pumping. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated of 51, which is neutral. Yesterday was a 50, last week a 52, and last month a 58 in greed. So there you have it. And now let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Check out the charts and what's popping for the King Crypto. And welcome again to everyone just tuning in. Let's go. The price of Bitcoin was a little changed on May 18th compared to yesterday's daily close as traders awaited for more clarity on the looming debt crisis in the U.S. Now on May 17th, we had Sleepy Joe expressing his confidence in ending the standoff with Republicans to avoid a default, which boosted market sentiment with Bitcoin rising 1.5% shortly after, reaching over 27400 on the day, which you can see here on the Bitcoin daily price chart. The Bitcoin's recovery may have also gained a momentum on Tether, announcing it will deploy 15% of its monthly operational profits to buy Bitcoin, which I'll be breaking down in greater details later on in the show. But overall, the price of Bitcoin is up 65% year-to-date, not too shabby. So congrats to all the Bitcoin hodlers, but still down 60% from its record high of 69000 which we eclipsed back in November of 2021. Now, Bitcoin risks dropping in May thanks to a flurry of strong U.S. economic data earlier in the week. This puts June's interest rate hike back on the map. For instance, after two flat months, the country's industrial output jumped a half a percent in April, beating expectations of 0.1% growth. Meanwhile, retail sales increased by 0.4% in April after 0.7% decreased the previous month. This suggests that consumers' uh, spending held up despite facing economic headwind and the prospects for another rate hike lifted U.S. Treasury yields, which in turn boosted appetite for the U.S. dollar. Now, Bitcoin, which typically trades inversely to the greenback will be in danger if the dollar strength index enters a bullish phase. I think that's unlikely, but what are your guys' thoughts? Bitcoin price chart technicals are likewise painting a bearish target of 25,000, an important psychological price level by June. The bears will argue that Bitcoin faces strong selling pressure from its 50-day exponential moving average, which we can see here in the red wave currently sitting at 27,670. Now a pullback from their positions and Bitcoin for a drop towards its 200-day exponential moving average, which is the blue wave near 24,860. And conversely, a move above Bitcoin's 50-day exponential moving average would invalidate the bearish setup while setting the Bitcoin price on course towards 30000 by June. So there you have it. Are you currently bearish short-term or bullish for the King Crypto? Let me know in the comments right down below. And now let's discuss our next story of the day, and that's Bitcoin as a proof of stake and the natural synergy between Bitcoin and proof of stake and Bitcoin builders. Less than a year after the proof of stake became the consensus mechanism for the Ethereum blockchain, the industry's largest blockchain network, research 
researchers have found that proof of stake can complement Bitcoin. Well, uh, we all know that, bit, uh, yeah, Ethereum switched from like the same as the Bitcoin protocol with proof of work to a proof of stake. Now we have Stanford University professor who shares that the 2023 Bitcoin Builders Conference in Miami about his team's findings on Bitcoin proof of stake security and energy consumption. He facilitates a research lab specializing in blockchain consensus protocols for the University of California. Quoting him here, Bitcoin was like our first love, he said, through this deep understanding of Bitcoin and then understanding of proof of stake protocols he continued to say that his team found a very natural synergy between the two. Interesting. By building an extra layer of protocol that shares the security between Bitcoin and proof of stake, we find it will become very strong, giving you a very strong security property. Now, he pointed out on his own that proof of stake blockchain has two major limitations due to it being based on proof of stake or capital. It's hard to start a new blockchain due to the need to attract stakers. He said, if you don't have the capital, you don't have enough security. And in addition to security and capital being entered Twine. The professor highlighted the security is what he calls short range on proof of stake, whereas Bitcoin is the opposite with stronger long range security, making them the perfect complement to each other. He wants it so that people can build distributed ledger applications in a more simple way. Quoting him again, security is very important, but instead of everyone trying to fragment and compete for limited capital, take capital from a huge reservoir, which is Bitcoin, and use it as an economic security for all these chains. In such a method, the developer envisions being able to focus on building an application, which is the core purpose of creating a blockchain network, rather than on recruiting to stake to secure the chain. And one of the major pushbacks towards building on Bitcoin and proof-of-work systems in general has been the energy consumption associated with such protocols. I personally think that is nothing more than mainstream FUD, but what do you expect coming from universities uh, with these professors? But hey, you guys let me know. He believes the important thing is to not only look at the energy being consumed, but the why behind the consumption, him again, without energy, there is no security, and without security, there is no value. In some sense, what we are doing right now from a technology point of view is to make higher value use of that energy. He also highlighted security as one of Bitcoin's most valuable assets and pointed to new projects like Bitcoin ordinals, leveraging that security, quoting him here. What makes ordinals interesting on Bitcoin as opposed to any other platform is that they are building on the most secure blockchain in the world. And recently, as we all know, the Bitcoin NFTs have been sweeping through the crypto space, causing congestion on the Bitcoin blockchain. And yesterday, I proposed a solution uh, for that, as we discussed in the show. But nonetheless, fam, now let's discuss the latest with Grayscale and Bitwise, basically moving away from doing anything with Ether-related futures ETFs. Let's break this down, and then we'll dive into Paul Tudor Jones' Bitcoin bet. Then we'll be discussing Bitcoin as a non-security, as well as the latest with Tether uh, USDT and Max Kaiser's thoughts on all of that. So check this out. Uh, Bitwise Asset Management and Grayscale have halted their Ether futures traded uh, exchange-traded fund plans, which are ETFs, amid growing scrutiny from U.S. regulators. So thank the regulators. On May 17th, Grayscale filed an amendment to its Securities and Exchange Commission, filing to remove mentions of an Ether futures ETF. The amendment comes less than a week after sharing plans to launch a trio of ETF products, the other two flagship products inside the semi-spot Bitcoin ETF that would invest in the spot Bitcoin market in a privacy ETF. ETF focused on investing in privacy-focused blockchain companies and digital assets. As Eric Balchunas points out here, Grayscale just filed for a semi-spot Bitcoin ETF as well as an Ethereum futures ETF and a privacy ETF. 
interesting. And this was dated back on May 9th, so that was virtually last week. Now, Grayscale's amendment to its ETF filing came just days after the SEC asked the asset manager to put its application for a Filecoin trust. The regulatory body warned that its underlying asset, Filecoin, qualifies as a security. That's right. And Belchunas quoting him again, SEC tells Grayscale to withdraw the Ether Futures ETF filing. Watch for the rest to follow suit. Deja vu. All over again. You can say that again. Grayscale responded to the SEC's accusation, claiming that the underlying asset does not qualify as a security, and the firm intends to respond promptly to the SEC staff with an explanation of the legal basis for the Grayscale position. Meanwhile, uh, Bitwise, on the other hand, withdrawn its application to launch an ETH-based futures ETF altogether in its amendment filing with the SEC yesterday on May 17th. The crypto asset manager claimed that it doesn't intend to seek effectiveness of the fund and no securities of the funds was sold or will be sold pursuant to the above-mentioned post-effective amendment to the trust's registration statement. Bitwise didn't respond to comments from Cointelegraph, but a Bitcoin-based futures ETF did debut last quarter of 2021, making many in the crypto industry to believe that a spot crypto ETF is on the way. However, after two years and a barrage of crypto carnages in 2022, regulators have grown more skeptical of such products. And I think this is all by design. The million dollar question which comes into play, when will we get a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States? It's long overdue. And why would the regulators allow Bitcoin futures ETFs in the United States, but not a spot Bitcoin ETF, knowing that the futures ETFs can be manipulated. It just makes no sense. The only sense it makes is they're trying to withhold from the massive institutional adoption with trillions of dollars sitting on the sidelines, just awaiting to be poured into the king crypto. It is what it is. So, I mean, I hope that the SEC can finally approve a spot Bitcoin ETF, but I'm not holding my breath anytime soon. What are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments below. Now let's discuss the latest with billionaire Paul Tudor Jones. He says he has no plans to let go of his Bitcoin allocation despite the King Crypto's bearish price action over the past year. And shout out to Paul Tudor Jones. In a new CNBC interview, the legendary investor says the Bitcoin is by far his longest bet. Back in May of 2020, Tudor Jones revealed he had allocated 1% to 2% of his multi-billion dollar portfolio into Bitcoin. And according to the billionaire, he will continue to hold on to his Bitcoin positions due to the Bitcoin unique value proposition. Quitting him here, I have never sat on a horse that long from the beginning. I have always said I want to have a small allocation to Bitcoin because it's a great tail event. It is the only thing that humans can adjust the supply in. So I am sticking with it. I'm going to always stick with it. It is just a small diversification in my portfolio. Well, he should up that portfolio allocation, don't you think? Although Tudor Jones says he is keeping his minor Bitcoin allocation, the billionaire notes that he believes Bitcoin futures growth might be muted due to the current administration aggressive stance against the crypto industry. He also points out that the prospects of gold and Bitcoin might suffer as he believes that inflation is about to cool off with the rise of AI. Quoting him again, what do I think right now? I liked it last December. I'm looking at it with gold and I think they have done so well recently because of the fact that we have these risks premiums. I wonder whether that may not be boring in the future. Bitcoin has a real problem because in the United States, you have the entire regulatory apparatus against it. So it is just yesterday's news. If inflation is truly done a bit, if that story has been played, then you have to wonder, we are buying gold and Bitcoin for the inflation hedges. That game may be over six months ago before AI, before the possible productivity boost that we'll get from it. I would have said a completely different story with regard to the 
inflationary future and with the regard to the inflation hedges. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Paul Tudor Jones. And to watch this video interview he did, check the show notes below the video in the description. Now let's discuss the latest regarding the regulation of what's popping and regarding Max's stance, Bitcoin being a non-security. And I think that's the only clarity that we have from No Clarity Gary, that Bitcoin is not a security. So let's break this down and let's start with uh, Max's recent tweet. Gary is right. Everything not Bitcoin is a security, including Ethereum and XRP. We already put this law in El Salvador. We are Bitcoin country and we are thriving. I invite no clarity Gary Gensler to El Salvador to come and see how we become the leading Bitcoin country in the world. So yeah, there you have it. Gensler stated that the crypto markets are generally non-compliant and built on a false narrative of decentralization. But Kaiser's tweet echoed Gensler's uh, sentiment, asserting that everything apart from Bitcoin, including major cryptos, ETH and XRP, should be classified as securities. Kaiser also highlighted the successful implementation of Bitcoin as a legal tender in El Salvador, as I just recently pointed out. Now, Bruce Fenton, the CEO of Chainstone Labs and managing director of Watchdog Capital, added his perspective to the discussion, expressing his concerns about the restrictive nature of El Salvador's Bitcoin law. Fenton argued that Bitcoin's code is open source and intended to be copied and modified, pointing out the existence of over 1,500 forks Oh my God, that many, including Litecoin. Now, Kaiser responded by emphasizing that Bitcoin is the only currency that matters, dismissing other cryptos as ish coins and suggesting that the benefits they offer are dwarfed by the opportunities afforded by being a Bitcoin maximalist. Now, the conversation continued as Fenton proposed the possibility of amending the law, highlighting the freedom to replicate and modify code. And Kaiser rebutted, emphasizing that El Salvador's Bitcoin-centric approach has proven immensely beneficial and that they uh, any diversion of resources towards other cryptos would be a waste of time. Quoting him here in regards uh, to responding to Bruce, Max says Bitcoin is money. Everything else is a security. This law gives El Salvador 100% of the benefits of Bitcoin and avoids wasting any resources whatsoever on anything, not Bitcoin, since nothing else offers anything we want that Bitcoin doesn't already offer we don't want. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with Max Kaiser. And what are your thoughts surrounding uh, the security laws? Do you think that uh, Tether – oh, not Tether. My bad. Do you think that XRP uh, – and what's the other one we're just discussing right here um, – and many of these altcoins alike, do you think uh, – Ethereum – do you think they're going to be deemed uh, securities by the regulators or do you think some of them may get the green light along with Bitcoin knowing at this current moment Bitcoin is the only one with the green light? Let me know your thoughts on how you feel that is likely to play out. And now let's dive into our breaking story of the day and that's what's happening with Tether USDT, which is big breaking news right now in the industry. And then we'll dive into some live Q&A. Tether, the world's biggest stablecoin issuer, says it will now direct as much as 15% of its profits into Bitcoin. In an official announcement, Tether, the firm behind USDT, says it will start plowing profits into Bitcoin, which it will self-custody to further strengthen its reserves, quoting them here. Starting this month, Tether will regularly allocate up to 15% of its net realized operating profits towards purchasing Bitcoin. Tether anticipates that the current and future Bitcoin holdings in its reserves will not exceed the shareholder capital cushion and will further strengthen and diversify the reserves as reflected 
reflected in Tether's quarter one 2023 assurance report. As of the end of March 2023, Tether already held approximately $1.5 billion of Bitcoin in its reserves. And while it is common practice among many institutional investors, the third party to custody their Bitcoin, Tether believes in the philosophy, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Bet you heard that one before, right? And takes possessions of the private keys associated with all of its Bitcoin holdings. Now, Tether's chief technology officer, Paolo, acknowledged the company's move on Twitter, explaining its logic. Why Bitcoin and not something else? Because Bitcoin is the epitome of a sound and secure monetary system with its decentralized nature and scarcity. Bitcoin is revolutionizing the concept of money and challenging traditional finance. Bitcoin has defied expectations. It has shattered boundaries and provides access to the global financial system to anyone with an internet connection. Preach. Now let's check out some of the responses here. Uh, as reported, they plan on investing 15% of their net operating profits into Bitcoin. So if you do the math, that equals buying $74 million worth of Bitcoin or 2,780 Bitcoin every single month. That's 3x the amount mined per month. So Max uh, responded off the back of that. It's just math. Tether to put a floor on the Bitcoin price. Michael Saylor is also doing uh, a good job. He also says that the new king of Bitcoin is Tether and that Michael Saylor had a great run, but long live the new king. And uh, Gaber Gerbax uh, wrote this. Max is right. If Tether was a country, it would be around the 25th largest hodler of U.S. treasuries. It is in the U.S. national interest to responsibly distribute USD-backed stablecoins internationally. When the banks failed, Tether succeeded. And Max responded to that. Tether is now the only reliable buyer of billions of U.S. treasuries. U.S. politicians do lots of stupid things, but I doubt they would try and kill the gravy train, keeping them afloat. That is Tether. And uh, as wrote here by the CEO of Tether, transparency is king. And he announced uh, Tether today has $2.5 billion in USD equivalent to company-owned reserves. And Max's response to this, Tether is more than 100% backed, which he has been preaching since last year, right? I covered that many times here on the show. They are one of the most profitable companies in the world and definitely the most profitable financial on earth. And they are true Bitcoiners. All of the FUD about them was brought up by Scammer. USDC, which is the company Circle. And I even did a show on that about, I don't know, five months ago of Max Kaiser calling USDC a scam and saying that it's all FUD against Tether. And lo and behold, Max was right. And guess what? Uh, USDC not doing so great. Their market cap is continuing to plummet as the Tether market cap continues to climb. So I want to ask you, what is your favorite stablecoin? If you had to use one to put some some of your reserves into crypto, let me know which one you'd most likely feel the most comfortable with using. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.